My name is Jamie Serafi, founder and creative director of Cool Choir, a group of non-auditioned adult rock and pop choirs in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Welcome to our Cool Choir podcast, Cool Chats, profiling the personal stories of some of our members across the city. You can find more information on Cool Choir at coolchoir.com or by following us on our public Facebook page by searching Cool Choir. Thank you for listening. Good evening, everybody. It's 10 o'clock on a Monday evening, and I am sitting here in the beautiful atmospheric surroundings of St. Barnabas Anglican Church in Hillhurst, Sunnyside. Um, Just had a night of fantastic singing. We had an exciting night. We've had CTV in this evening, and they've been doing a little bit of a segment, filming, pre-filming a segment, which is going to go out in a couple of weeks, all about Cool Choir. And... uh, yeah, it's uh, been an exciting and fun night, and I'm now sitting here um, ready to record episode two of our Cool Chats podcast, and I'm very, very excited today to be introducing my next guest. It gives me great pleasure to welcome um, my guest, Richard Harrison, to this week's podcast, Cool Chats. How are you, Richard? I'm very well, thank you, Jamie. Excellent. Um, we are, as we just heard, we're standing in the... Uh, Hillhurst Sunnyside venue where we rehearse on a Monday evening, um, St. Barnabas Anglican Church, and uh, enjoying these quiet, serene surroundings that we've just been singing for the last two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Now we're, now we're just, it's a silent church now. So, uh, you know, this place has been filled with people, it's been filled with song, and now it's just filled with the memory of those things. It's lovely. So, it was really exciting for me to welcome you onto this particular podcast because um, apart from being one of the most interesting <laughs> people that one might have the pleasure to speak to um, about your life uh, so far in terms of uh, you as an individual and your creative work outside of the choir and singing and music, um, you know, you and I have also um, collaborated creatively as well, which we will come to in a little bit. But um, first of all, I think it would be interesting for people to hear a little bit about um, about you and uh, maybe how you joined the choir and when you joined and all that kind of thing. Well, I, uh, I'm a writer. Um, I was raised with, uh, uh, with recited poetry from my father. Um, I've always loved writing. I've always loved the, the speaking voice and what it can achieve. And I'm one of those people, like many of us at Cool Choir, who thought that they couldn't sing. Um, well, I had my poetry, so that was fine. I, I lived that way. But my wife sings uh, here in town in, uh, in Rev 52, and uh, she came and heard Cool Choir's very first performance, or just first performance she heard was down at the Bella. And uh, she and I had talked before about... Um, because she sang, my daughter sings and, was, uh, and, and writes her own songs that that world of music, why should it be closed to me? And, uh, you know, the, the, the great audition line for Cool Choir is, do you want to sing? Yes, show up. Um, and, you know, the way in which you compose with us, it, it's, it's all about joining the group rather than putting that pressure on yourself as an individual. And I took one short um, music, uh, learn to sing course at Mount Royal, and uh, one of the one of my fellow uh, students in that course, uh, same position as I was in, and realized that she thought she couldn't sing because she just didn't know any songs. Hmm. And it's a really interesting cyclical dynamic 
if you don't think you can sing, you don't spend the time learning songs. But if you don't learn any songs, you remain fixed in that situation of thinking you cannot sing. So I took the chance on that little course and then took the chance to join this choir. And it's been this mutually reinforcing thing. Learning songs is more fun. Singing is more fun. Learning more songs is more fun. And so here we are. And obviously you talked about your work as a writer and you've had quite a whirlwind of an 18 months really um, and uh, it was an honour we were talking about it just before the podcast but it, it was an honour to um, have the opportunity um, to have you stand up one week in a rehearsal some time ago um, and actually present um, a, a portion of you know one of your highly esteemed books which went on to do some pretty amazing things. It, that book uh, just took off, but um, but it's you know it, I think it came out as you say it was just uh, it was very early on in uh, in my relationship with uh, with the choir and with you, and uh, I'm standing there with the book and I'm like all proud and here it is, uh, and, and it was uh, it was called "I'm Not Losing My Father's Ashes in the Flood" and it was very relevant to exactly the land we were standing on because it was about the flood that came through uh, came through Calgary came through my house. And uh, you said you, you've got a you've got a book of poems there. Do you want to read one? <laughs> so I st my first audience was Cool Choir down at uh, at the Hillhurst uh, Community Center there, and uh, the 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 warmth and the reception that uh, that work got. Um, it was it was wonderful. It was a wonderful way to start out. The, the actual speaking of these poems in their book form. Um, and I made a lot of friends that day uh, in the choir. A lot of people uh, were really started to be very interested in the work. And of course, now the, the book has, uh, has uh, been noticed in a really significant way in, the, in this country. Um, it's been translated into Italian, oh. the whole book. So I went and did a tour of Italy with them. And uh, it's just continuing to find audiences. And really, the interesting thing about art, any art, and, and the same, same thing is true with music, is you don't really know what you've done until you do it with other people, uh, listening, paying attention. Other people's attention tells you a lot about what you have created. And actually, you uh, talking of you went around visiting your uh, where you you travelled a bit with your book, and I believe you went to Oxford as well. Is that correct? I did. <laughs> How was that? How was oh, that? <laughs> it was a, I tell you, Jamie, that was a dream. I have a I have a huge long story about that. I'll take a very very short story, very short version of that story. When I was twenty four, I was a, um, a finalist for the Rhodes Scholarship, um, and I went into the interview, and I I just did terribly. It didn't work, uh, which is fine. I'm not a, I'm not that kind of a person. They were looking. They were looking for someone different than me out of the pool of people who are kind of like me. Um, uh, but my father was a soldier in the British Army. And when he heard that I had been nominated for this, like the gem of his, the, you know, the country that he'd gone to war for, he was so proud. It was amazing. I didn't win. He took it okay. I took it hard. And uh, for... And in fact, I wouldn't even have told this story. Ten years after it was over, I still didn't tell. But now, I'm, now, I'm, now I've learned enough from it to be able to, to speak of it. Um, and what I learned was um, you stay true to what you really are. And so I wrote this book um, with my father in the title, 
my father's memories in the contents. And I finally got to go <laughs> to Oxford and take him with me. How did that feel? Oh, <laughs> one of the best points of my life, really. Did you find it kind of an emotional journey given the part, given, you know, your father's particular, um, well, his, his particular kind of reference to that location in a sense and the fact that he was in the British Army and... Then, and, and he never <coughs> went. Like, he never went to Oxford. Like, he no. left high school or the equivalent of high school um, to go join the yeah. Army. 17, off he went. And uh, so that whole, even though he valued art and uh, literature uh, so highly he did he did it as an amateur he did it as someone who had to teach himself whatever it is he wanted to know so he didn't have those 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 i mean i know when you're in school they feel like pressures but they're really encouragements to to learn more than you thought you could learn um so he had a kind of reverence he had a he had the reverence for oxford that you have for a place you never go mm -hmm. And for me to be able to take him there was, it was like this circle that it was 50 something oh. years old closing. But I think in many ways you're playing down, you're being very modest about this book really, because um, of course you went on to win the Governor General's Award as well for yes. the book. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell us about that, a bit about that. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well that, I mean, when I was at, uh, when I was an undergrad at Trent University, um, we had a fabulous program that brought all these great Canadian writers to present their work to the students. Trent was a small university, it was an intimate university. Um, so you would get you know, an audience of 20 people, we'd all have dinner together, and then Patrick Lane or Robert Croach or Margaret uh, Lawrence or you know, Adele Wiseman, like all these people who were iconic figures. And Patrick Lane, who was one of the country's finest poets, um, came and he had just won the governor generals for his new and selected in 1978 and i remember hearing him read it was i it was this transformative it's just over the over the river moment right where i had gone from somebody who really appreciated the poetry of people like dylan thomas and william butler yates the poetry my father loved I went from being an appreciator of other people's poetry, listening to him. It was this this ember that started mm -hmm. to flare up that that was that said, "I want to try this. I don't just want to listen to this. I want to try this." Because he wrote about the Canadian experience. He wrote about what it was like to, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, to work in a sawmill or a road crew or you know his real life as he lived it in Canada. And I thought. Well, if that real life is a life that can go into poetry, maybe my real life can go into poetry. And, uh, and so that, the, the fact that the, the Governor General's Award was so instrumental in promoting Canadian poetry to Canadian people, it was one of those things I'd always dreamed of, of, of having. Um, but by about the sort of fourth book or whatever ah it's not gonna happen. I mean, I just, <laughs> you, it's one of those it's again it's that cycle right you don't you think I I have a certain quantity of talent it isn't going to get me a governor general's I'll just do what I do and and do it the best I can and then I forgot like I really I turned I actively had to turn away from thinking about those things 
And then lo and behold, right, another circle closes. But, you know, they say this, the John Lennon, um, there was a song with a, by John Lennon with a very famous line, and it sort of said, life is what happens when you're making other plans, really. And yeah. it sort of sounds a little bit kind of like that in that, in, in that sense. John was very wise. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, coming back to the choir for a moment, I mean, obviously, um, you know, uh, and I think for me this is where it sort of does a bit of a circle because um, shortly after, you know, I kind of had the pleasure of meeting you and then you coming into the the choir and we've got more gentlemen in the choir now um, but but one of our uh, you know sort of you become one of our uh, you know more, one of our uh, how, how many men we've got now we've probably got about 15 to 20 men mm-hmm. um, but I, I remember just after you came in and uh, what year did you join do you remember uh, t- 2016 it was 2016 so of course it was before the do you remember the famous word that caused all sorts of problems here <laughs> the uh, oh. the, uh, the Quinn what was it called the uh, the Canada 150 the 150th oh, oh, right. anniversary the, yes. the, the sesquicentenary yeah. Yeah, the, the sesquicentenary sesquicentenary yes I don't want to get that wrong <laughs> <laughs> too many people have got it wrong before me <laughs> And so this... We won't have to think about that again for another 150 years. <laughs> I think I will laugh about that forevermore, really. Um, but sorry, the point that I'm alluding to, which I'm going a very long way to get to, um, is that, that we had the opportunity to collaborate on, um, you know, a song, an original song for mm-hmm. Canada 150. And uh, what I really enjoyed was the fact of, of being able to, um, you know, for you as a a very talented and experienced writer to assist me with um, the word, the lyrics of, of writing a song, which I I personally wasn't overly confident with the lyrical side um, as much as I was with the, with the musical oh. side. So through our friendship, we kind of got chatting about that possibility and then lo and behold, um, you know, your, you, what you brought into this choir for me um, kind of had very positive, far-reaching um, outcomes for um, everybody, really, in terms of that song that we wrote called Canada, I Feel Home. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, we had the video and we did the record. Yeah. I mean, so many experiences come out of, come out of a song, right? And, uh, and I know how much fun we had with that and how much it was, how good it was. I mean, you, you remember when we were playing that for the first time, doing the little tour, right, with the three rehearsal groups, how emotional... Um, that song became for so many people in the choir. People had tears in their eyes when they they heard it for the first time. You know, it was yes, it was. It was very, it was very very. Um, it was emotional, but I'd like to think it was more, more possibly more patriotic than. Well, I think the, it was or maybe somewhere between the two. I think it was more <laughs> elevating. I think it was a sense of yeah. elevating. I think it was a sense of thanks mm. for for the country. Um, which is a really good thing to feel. I mean, this is my, here's a typical Canadian answer, yeah. right? Well, you know, patriotism, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's more about gratitude, you know, and that, and that tends to be the way I think, I think Canadians think about the, the country. Um, and, and it certainly, I think it permeated that song. Because both, you know, you're, you're coming to, I think you'd been in Canada like two years before that? Or yeah, two? since August 2015. And, right. and the first thing I noticed, which actually I was fully aware of before I even came to Canada, but, but coming here, the first thing I noticed is that everybody loves to um, visualize the Canadian flag, you know, whether it's on their 
you know, whether it's on their T-shirts or their hoodies or probably their underwear. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll never find out. But, <laughs> but they seemed very, very proud and patriotic about, you know, um, uh, and for me, actually, the Canadian national anthem had, had for years and years had always been my most favourite national anthem. Mm. Um, and there was something about this sense of pride and, and patriotism um, and it teemed with this kind of, you know, con- almost constant visual of the flag wherever I went. Um, and it just kind of felt to me like, um, you know, the idea of writing an original song to celebrate not just this country, but its history, past, present and future, mm-hmm. you know, which is how it ended up being, was 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 essential, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And I think that permeates the song. I really do. And then I never thought it would take the wings that it did in terms of, you know, we had a, a music video made of it that was filmed all around Calgary and, um, you know, and to take people into... A recording studio as well and uh you know was 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 probably a, a bucket list experience it, for it, a lot of people well I'm, I'm sure it, well, i know it was yeah. for me right and yeah. to do it singing right yeah. <laughs> to do it singing right and again you think that so the premise i think mm. you say you know if you can speak you can sing and everybody goes okay mm. i can speak but i don't think i can sing until you start singing and then you realize where it can take you but now in your case maybe it's the other way around if you can sing you can speak because i know that one of the things that you had uh, spoken to me previously about was since joining the choir, um, you know, you feel that um, singing regularly has had some kind of uh, in positive impact on uh, your, if you like, your your ability to stand up and speak publicly and, 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 and whether it's reading your books or talking about, you know, your books or whatever it is. Oh, it has. I mean, I, 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 and I even did this little experiment for it, right? When once I started singing here, and then I was doing readings, um, I hear my voice differently. Like this is what one of the things. As much as we learn how to make a sound, we also learn how to hear the sounds we make. And uh, every so often, you you do this in the choir, right? You'll stop and go, "Did you hear that?" Um, and when I was first here. You know, standing in the back there singing uh, the bass lines, it was a mystery to me what you were talking about because I could, you know, I was just trying to cope with my own whatever sound I was trying to make and get it to sound like the guy's, <laughs> the note that the guy next to me was singing. Um, match the notes. Right, yeah, just yeah. match the notes. But now, I mean, there is more subtlety in my ability to hear. And I know your voice comes from a different place when you sing than when you speak. Um, and coping with that is something that takes some doing. It takes a little while. But when you're reading a poem, you want to pull the, the you don't want to make, turn the line into a melodic line, but you want to pull that latent musicality that's just waiting in a word and, and just accentuate it a little bit. You don't want to be over the top with it, but just that sense that the word is being treated in a special way for this one moment. And I know that having sung, the voice is stronger. I've got more sense, just a little bit more sense of the depth, what I can pull out now from a, uh, even speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt really good. I got really good going and, and doing, and I've done lots of radio since then, and I've got, I've got a recording coming out. Um, actually, the um, Poetry Archive Society of London um, is going to be putting an hour-long recording of my wow. reciting, of my reading the poems. 
Um, so it'll be coming up uh, in about a month. Um, and again, it's another one of these things you never thought it would happen, and there it is. But when I was in the recording studio doing that recording, I knew I was pulling on the things that you had taught us um, in, in the choir. And then when, so I thought, okay, that's what I'm thinking. Am I thinking that because I just really having a good time? Or is it really happening? And then when I went on tour after the award, um, I was touring all over the country and states and Europe. And, and so I, I had to quit. I had to quit the choir. I yeah, wasn't here for, for a, while, yeah. a couple of semesters. And I could feel my voice every time just getting a little weaker. <laughs> and I thought, no, I've got to go back. Right. And now actually, lo and behold, recently your next challenge is that you're thinking about uh, taking on a potential solo is that yes correct? i'm going to try. <laughs> try that i mean i really appreciate that I, I did the little audition for you i'm not singing in the right key for the song that i wanted to sing but i went home no, you're singing in the right key oh it's I just the, right the key, song it's just not in the right range right right <laughs> no, okay that's okay. what you meant wasn't it that's what, exactly what i meant <laughs> just clarifying it sounded that, like uh, i said something else oh, but i didn't no. um <laughs> But uh, but here's the thing, right? Uh, you know, you told me that and said, okay, you know that that door is closed. That song is not going to be a song for you, which I could have went. I could have walked away and gone, oh, I failed. But no, I sang for you. I sang a solo for you, and I will do it again. And that is an amazing thing for me to have. Thank I agree, you. absolutely agree, and not just for you, but for anybody that that gets up and you know, and actually you know, stands on a microphone either with, without a room of people or, or even with a room of people. And, um, you know, and I, and I say to you what I say to, have to everybody that has a go to solo that, um, you know, it's not just about you singing, you know, in the song. It's about also finding a song that is, there's so many facets to it and finding a song that that is really appropriate for your style of singing voice your your range particularly mm -hmm. uh, and people think oh well it's singing or you know it, it it's not that difficult but but actually um when you watch some of these terrible kind of talent shows where you get people who seemingly can't sing well first of all i believe everybody can sing mm -hmm. um but, but what I believe is that there some people are very, very misguided. Um, you know, you, you can watch these talent shows and you'll have, you know, a male trying to sing a female song or a female trying to sing a, a male song. And it's not that they can't sing it. It's just not in not in the right range. It's like anything. It's like put me in a, you know, a cockpit of a helicopter and say fly it without any guidance or training at all. And uh, singing like anything else is, mm. is no different. Well, it's no different. It's mm. and, and what I found here with this, and again, going back to that sort of you either have the talent and you can either sing or, you're not, or you can't or anyone who can sing can sing every song. All of that is an unnecessary simplification of life. And what has happened here for me is I realized that singing is just as complicated in which case it's bigger. There's more life now because of that understanding of the complexity and my relationship to it. Thank you so much for coming along and uh, giving up this rather late Monday evening <laughs> to, uh, pleasure, to be our, uh, my podcast guest. It's been Thank a great you pleasure. so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Cool Chats today. We'll be back soon with another episode profiling the personal stories of another member or members of our Cool Choir community across Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Until then, 
Remember to sing loud and proud, everyone. Oh, yeah.